have to go back! Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And with Rambo colon Last Blood spilling all over the theaters, just oh making a mess of everything. Goodness. <laughs> we decided to take a look back at The First Blood, the 1982 American action film co-written by Sylvester Stallone. First Blood, or retitled as Rambo colon First Blood, but upon its initial release, it was simply... First Blood because, say it with me, it's cleaner. And colon First Blood is really just not what yeah. you want. Um, yeah. And if there's any confusion, like the confusion I had with Siri while trying to find this movie, just a quick rundown of the names of the Rambo franchise. You mm-hmm. start with First Blood, then right. Rambo colon First Blood Part 2, mm-hmm. then Rambo 3. And then number four, you guessed it, it's just called Rambo. And then the one that's about to come out is Rambo colon Last Blood. Right. So I think we're all on the same page. Mm-hmm. It couldn't be any clearer. Yep. I just have a very confused DVD collection that just doesn't match up in any shape, way, or form. So First Blood is the 1982 movie based on the novel of its same name, Following John Rambo, a troubled and misunderstood Vietnam veteran uh, who needs to rely on his combat and survival sense against the abusive law enforcement of a small town. Mm-hmm. Now, the novel was written originally back in 1972, uh, written by David Morrell. And uh, back when that novel was a huge success, um, the rights were almost immediately purchased. Uh, and they were already trying to think of who to cast. And they considered Steve McQueen as the role of Johnny Rambo. Oh, well, he's got the motorcycle jumping experience. He certainly does. People have Uh, been like, how many wars has this guy fought in? It's crazy. I think just canonically, just uh, too many. I think they're making up things now. Uh, So they decided that he was a little too old at the time to play a role uh, for a Vietnam veteran from 1975. And so a full decade later, um, after dozens of scripts were written, uh, and several A-list actors who considered for the role approached it, attached, and then dropped out. We finally got Sylvester Stallone, who at the time had really uh, been making a name for himself as Rocky. Um, he certainly has a type. And so, uh, but his other movies weren't really doing well. So he went into First Blood hoping that this would be you know a career revitalizer uh but upon the first rough cut of the movie which was three hours long okay uh, it was not going the way that Sylvester Stallone was expecting it to go to the point where he tried to buy the film simply so he could destroy it that would be a great movie someone trying to (laughs) sneak into a studio to destroy a movie that they were in yep Yep. Like, oh no. Um, oh man, that would be a great uh national treasure reboot. Mm. Or like um, Rambo first cut, where he has to go in. They're making a movie about his life <laughs> and he doesn't like the way it's going, so he has to infiltrate the studio and destroy it. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> it's like it's like a reverse lost in La Mancha. <laughs> yeah, it's like we have to unmake this movie. <laughs> 
Uh, but so Sylvester Stallone, unable to you know buy the film and destroy it, uh, actually made the suggestion to cut out almost all of his parts. Like they cut, there was a huge uh story that had like flashbacks to uh john rambo during war times mm. and um a bunch of other scenes that focus on him and he said focus on the small town and cut out a bunch of my stuff like literally taking away like half the runtime of the movie uh making the movie now 90 minutes that's pretty amazing as a star you know what right? i mean like the self-awareness and the lack of ego to be able to say like hey you know you take me out put up and it works i think like the balance is really good oh absolutely and with that version uh and an estimated budget of 15 million dollars it went on to make over 125 million dollars wow that is a lot that's a lot of a lot of ammo belts. There it goes, ammo of, belts. A lot I couldn't of remember what they're yeah, it's like a, a sash. sash. It's like a, yeah. a his sash stash. I mm-hmm. guess would be yeah, yeah. I think that I think that is the technical term. If mm-hmm. not, it should be. Yeah, they're going give me my sash stash. <laughs> And this version of First Blood is actually the author, David Morell's preferred version of Rambo. In fact, uh, different from his novel that he wrote himself, uh, spoiler alert for the novel of First Blood, Rambo dies in the novel. Oh, I was like halfway through. (laughs) So sorry. Uh, But he liked that he didn't die uh, because, you know, we get more sequels and Mm -hmm. David Morello's estate still gets a check Every time a new one's out. I think it also, it would have been a, a major bummer too. Cause yeah. this movie is, it's fun. Like from an action standpoint, it's fun from a reality standpoint, very not fun. But no. if, if it ends with him kind of like, he still feels somehow victorious by the end of it. Um, it would have just taken a very dark turn. And I, I don't think would have been the hit that it is today. Right. Um, had he died at the end. I totally agree. I mean, Sylvester Stallone really loved this movie. Like of mm-hmm. all the Rambo films, he cites this as the best. Like for him, he's like, this is my favorite Rambo film. And I I wouldn't change anything. And he really dedicated uh, a lot to this film, not only like creatively, because all the other Rambo films are like co-written by Sylvester Stallone. Like he oh. loves this story um, and he loves it so much that he was willing to crack a couple of ribs. Um, he did most of his stunts, like that whole cliff jumping uh, stunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did himself. Oh. He, he, he just jumped off and fell into that tree and cracked six ribs. And then he just took that scene and sent it over as his audition for Cliffhanger. And said, <laughs> I think you'll see I am more than qualified. If you just fast forward about 20 minutes in, you will see <laughs> your star. So what are you, some kind of cliffhanger? <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and, and that's kind of the history uh, that we have uh, going into this movie. Now... I had not seen um, any of the Rambo movies in in its entirety, but Rambo, especially for me, has been such an ever present pop culture like icon. Yeah, like if you if you think of like easily identifiable action heroes, Rambo is up there with you know Bugs Bunny. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, of course, from Space Jam fame, and uh, the icon of Rambo is not 
who I expected First Blood to be because First Blood, though very action packed and very uh, like adrenaline pumping, like popcorn popping kind of action movie, mm-hmm. uh, Rambo in this movie has a zero kill count. He actually doesn't kill anyone in this movie. Right. Uh, yeah. And, well, it's kind of like collateral where it's, it's like, I didn't kill him, the fault. It, yeah. Because right. <laughs> really, the, the main death that you see, the, it, it was from the guy. Uh, falling out of the helicopter and it was because that pilot was cutting a thermal draft or whatever he said Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and i guess we're supposed to just assume that the gas station was closed for the night and no one was inside (laughs) and no one was inside any of those cars so yeah yeah zero kill count well and it's kind of the opposite though of like a save the cat moment it's like a kill the dog moment because he does his he does have a dog kill count which is extremely upsetting oh yeah you're right yeah yeah, yeah. Well, now I'm sad. Wow, um, I am sad. But that's the thing about this movie. It is a, a surprisingly sad movie. And I also had not seen uh, First Blood or any of the other Rambo movies going into this. And I think that's actually for the better. Not because I disliked the movie. I actually I really enjoyed the movie. And I loved the journey. I But I think it hit me at exactly the right time. Um, because... The movie is far more heartfelt and nuanced than I think it gets credit for as a pop culture phenomenon and as something that is heavily parodied in like Hot Shots Part 2 and things like that. I think um, that at its core and, and most likely what the novel focused more on is this is the story of a Vietnam veteran who is disenfranchised after the war, doesn't know where to go, doesn't fit into society, and really is suffering from PTSD where they don't say that in there, but that is what is happening and it's heart wrenching. It is really, really sad. And I was not expecting that kind of emotional response at all. Like at the, at the end, his final monologue right before the very, very end, I, I was welling up and I was sitting I'm like, what is happening? This, I did not think this was the journey I was going to go on. Uh, right going into like a classic action film it, it it hits you right right in the heart so um i was i guess pleasantly surprised you could say i i thought it was going to be kind of a mindless action romp and it is far from that that has a lot of substance to it absolutely i mean for an action movie to have like the climax of the film being just your hero just sobbing mm-hmm. and talking to his commander about where are my friends? Where do I belong in this world? It's like, oh my goodness. Like yeah. it's it 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 had it adds so much weight and you really do uh feel for the character. I, I think this movie um is on the same level as like the original Die Hard, uh, whereas oh, like it's like a Christmas movie that you don't know is a Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was like, that, was that like, a Christmas tree? Is that a, <laughs> a Coke Santa in the background? Yeah, the little Christmas decorations. Yes. Yeah. In addition to being a secret Christmas movie, mm-hmm. uh, the the original Die Hard, um, you know, John McClane. Uh, becomes this legend like from the first movie he's this unexpected hero like mm-hmm. he's not the best guy for the golf he's like oh well something something dangerous is happening we need to get the best he's just he just so happens to be the guy who's there um and he still gets through all the things um same with the rambo movie it's just like well he's the best guy 
for like killing every like every kill mission that we had. We had this guy here and he doesn't have a place to go. Yeah. Uh, and you provoked him. You drew first blood roll credits. Um, and <laughs> Somebody once <laughs> told me. Yeah. <laughs> and they drew first blood. And then like he like his mind just knew how to retaliate. He's purely driven by survival. Yes. Like everything he does is about survival and trying to be better. So it's hard to fault him for that when he is being hunted so viciously. Right. And and I really, you know, the comparison to the two is just like, I think that we, in First Blood and also in the first Die Hard, you have these two characters who are rising to the occasion, not necessarily because um, they're this like super duper expert, like last action hero-esque, like, Oh, well, this guy's going to get results kind of thing. But they are both respectively heroes who are out of place of their natural environment. And we're seeing how they figure out how to become victorious, whether it is him walking away with his life and like them trying to place him somewhere else, which is where I believe uh, First Blood Part 2 takes them. Uh, but like I just I was just so surprised by the heart in this movie and yeah like now i really do want to like watch all the other ones and just see where old johnny goes and it's it's fun to see someone who is an absolute expert go against a group of people who are way in over their heads yeah. uh, like that sheriff teasel he's like out of his depth i i mean you got rambo who is like fighting off rat hordes in the cave and making his his special design knife into a torch. Meanwhile, Teasel can't even get the stairs down on his attic, uh, which is, to be fair, those are really poorly designed. Oh, yeah, and no one can do that on no. the first. Try. I mean, Rambo. No. We never see. We never saw Rambo do, do it, it. So let's see him do it. Yeah, no, he just, he just shot up to the ceiling. But please. Yeah, why they got to be folded in thirds? Yeah, like backwards Inverted, and then re like reversed then hinges. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. It's not intuitive. No. So I give Teasel a break on that. <laughs> but everything else he brought upon himself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, speaking about like how they're out of depth. I mean, Rambo, even like completely unarmed, his mind was a weapon. Oh, he's very resourceful. Yeah. It's almost like he has some sort of head cannon. Head cannon. <laughs> head cannon is a part of the show where we share with you unique ideas and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. I think my only piece of head cannon, um, I really want to save for a uh, recast remake. So it's going to be mm -hmm. more like a head cannon uh, part two um, oh. and recast remake. So I I'll just say stay tuned for that. All right. All right. Yeah. So because Stallone and uh, uh, Schwarzenegger are so closely tied together just in their, their own careers, I was trying to come up with a head cannon where like, Rambo was secretly a Terminator that had been sent back, and he's, <laughs> but it, how that's totally undercuts the series, though. I feel like if they're like not, he was a robot the whole time. But that would be so great. Like, yeah, but it's, then it's like he's not a man fighting for survival. It's <laughs> it just I didn't feel good about it. Yeah. Well, or maybe just maybe uh, piggybacking or leapfrogging on your head cannon that. Mm -hmm. Uh, the uh T is it what T T eight hundred is that that's the um Arnold Schwarzenegger version of the uh 
because because the new one is like the T one thousand, right? At least. Okay. So what if T one hundred was Sylvester Stallone? Or, oh. or Rambo. Like, it, what if they, like, they went through history. Like, they basically thought that our movies were historical documents. And they're like, okay. I'll build them like that, yeah. We pulled from your historical documents. Clearly, the person who is able to fight off the most people is uh, Rambo and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And they just started, like, building off of those models. Right. And then they invent the TI-83 which ends up just allowing high schoolers to play games in math class on their calculators. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see. So Texas Instruments mm-hmm. ushered in the end of the world. Yep. Man, Headcanon really did turn into a conspiracy theorist segment it so really did. quickly. <laughs> oh, sorry, Texas Instruments. <laughs> um, but my actual Headcanon focuses on uh, the character of Mitch or Mitchell. He was the redheaded deputy mm-hmm. or assistant deputy or whatever he was, uh, who was really giving Rambo more the benefit of the doubt than anyone else. Right. And uh, and he's the one who kind of turns on the other people in his uh, in his station, saying like, "Hey, he's only doing this because you know we gave him such a bad time. He's just reacting." Um, so you know what? I, th- I think he had some redeeming qualities. Mitch did, uh, and I believe that uh, Mitch, played by a young. David Caruso uh, really learned his lessons and gave up uh, his life in the north and moved down south to Miami where he uh, the sun was too bright for him and he had to get some sunglasses and he specialized in crime scene investigation from that moment forward. That is not a young David Caruso. That is a young David Caruso. Oh um, my goodness. So while this may be first blood, it was not the last we heard from Caruso. Wow. That's amazing. Well done. <laughs> oh. oh, and my other mini headcanon is that this was secretly uh, an ad for Levi's. <laughs> Yeah, he's wearing jeans the entire time. He's wearing jeans. What a missed opportunity if it's not, you know. He, the, he changes his entire outfit except for his jeans. <laughs> and just, I can see the ad now. Green beret, blue jeans, <laughs> Levi. Man, Levi, missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Let us know if Levi actually did that campaign. Uh, let us know. Uh, we're yeah, at yeah, Flashback yeah, yeah. Flicks. Choosy mercenaries, choose Levi's. <laughs> Okay, now we're going to go to the part of the show where we like to talk about recast and remakes. Recast, remake. If this movie were to be remade today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? And welcome to Headcanon Part 2. So Rambo is the best at what he does, but what he does isn't very nice, right? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. So I thought, who else to take on the role of a reboot of Rambo than Hugh Jackman? Mm, That'd be great. Because... This whole thing gave me Old Man Logan vibes, like, real strong. So the idea would be, basically, that the same thing is happening, except with a amnesiaed Wolverine who doesn't oh, know. they're trying to bring him in? Yeah, because mm. all the other people who were in his brigade were other mutants. Ah. Uh. 
And that's why he can't find anyone like him because he doesn't know that what he's really looking for is Xavier school for extraordinary or for gifted uh, children. I was going to say extraordinary gentlemen, but that's not right at all. Um, (laughs) But children. (laughs) So I think that that um, would be uh, my, that, that is my headcanon basically that it's him uh, that he is actually like a mutant. Um, like maybe a uh, someone akin to Logan or in that family pool, um, family mm. Deadpool, if you will, um, and that he's real or that he is Logan just looking for home. And if they were to do a reboot, that it would somehow exist on Disney Plus on the rated R Fox end of it, um, <laughs> where it's basically just a long. Uh, version of old man logan actually maybe it's kind of like old man logan meets once upon a time where he's in this other world but he doesn't know his previous life as like an Uh, actual mutant and there's a lot of trees yeah mostly the trees just really mostly the trees me in that setting there are two types of movies movies with trees and movies without it's true twilight that's a tree movie movie. that's a tree movie water world not as much a tree movie. No, no, no. Big, not a tree movie. Splash, mm, splash. Uh, Unless you count like underwater trees, right? Like seaweed. Yeah, yeah. Tree movie, which is a subgenre of the tree movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thank you for coming to our segment. Uh, what tree talking about? <laughs> Barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I learned in film school. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, for my recasting, so my first one, just this is traditional recasting. Terry Crews, I think, would be an amazing recast yeah. for for Rambo. I think an update on the story would also be interesting to have it be more about coming home from Afghanistan and just same kind of situation, just updating that storyline for a modern audience. Um, but one thing I noticed in the opening credits, and I can't remember the last time that this happened, mm-hmm. No actresses in the opening credits at all. Not a single woman. The only woman I can really remember in the movie having lines is Delmar's wife at the very beginning. And she wasn't in top billing to get any kind of you know opening credit titles. So I would like to rectify that. So I thought that a, a great recasting... Um, to kind of gender reverse Rambo would would be Ronda Rousey. I don't know if she really acts, Ooh. but I think she would be really great. Yeah, I want to see Rambo Rousey. That would be <laughs> that would be such a great film. That would be great. And uh, yeah, sells I mean, itself. And, and Stallone has shown you can go from the ring to the. I wanted that to be catcher, but the forest <laughs> from the ring. From the ring to the war zone, and uh, yeah, I, I just think she would have been great casting. For, for I only uh, recasted two other characters, and that was for Troutman, his kind of like mentor, Colonel Troutman, to be William H. Macy. And then for the antagonist, for Brian Dennehy's character of Teasel, uh, to be Michael Chiklis. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I th- just think he would be really good there. Although, with, if you're saying the Logan stuff, Brian Cox would also be really mm. good. Um, get kind of that striker vibe to it. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, that, that was for my recasting. Um, 
I just think that would that would be really interesting. And then for remaking it to be more updated uh, timeline-wise would be the only other thing. But I would not want to touch anything about the heart of this story no. or what it's about. Um, I see why it's Stallone's favorite of the franchise because there really is such a, a human element to it that whatever, however you remake it, whatever sequel you do and all that, that has to be at its core. Yes, so, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, and now we're going to go into our final segment where we give you our reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend First Blood? I recommend First Blood just for what we've been saying through the whole thing. It is very heartfelt, um, and I think it's an interesting way to do an origin story, too. You're learning about his origin through his reputation, through uh, what others say about him, uh, with very quick flashbacks. Um, I feel like if the first act had been him in Vietnam, it would have been an incredibly different movie, which maybe that's what the original cut was. Uh, we'll never know because of uh, first cut. But it, we pick up with him and his life at exactly the right moment. And I, I think it makes it a more concise story and, and easier to, to kind of get on board with his journey. I thought this was going to be similar to like Mad Max where yeah. – you have the first movie in a franchise. We're not really seeing the franchise as it's intended, like as it ends up being, you know, like Mad Max, you, it's kind of like the first one is very different from the rest of right. them. Like the world hasn't really fallen apart yet. This one though, we are with John Rambo. And even though he kind of like upgrades and evolves through the movie, by the end of it, it's the Rambo as advertised, even with all of that emotional depth to him. Right. So that was really satisfying to have the pleasant surprise of a character that is rooted in real stakes, has real pain, real history, but then also has this larger than life action persona. I recommend it because it blends those two worlds really well and really seamlessly and in my opinion believably um, to where you are 100% on board with the story but more so on board with John Rambo as a character and someone that you want to root for against all odds. So yeah, I I was surprised how much I loved this movie. I was surprised by the emotional resonance of like welling up during his final monologue mm-hmm. at the end. And it's uh, it's a movie worth watching if you haven't seen it. Um, and I'm excited, like you said, I'm excited to watch the rest of this franchise now. And um, I'm glad that it's hitting me kind of where I am in my life now to really appreciate more of the nuance and uh, be entertained by the action of it, but be emotionally satisfied by the just rich storytelling and character work from Rambo. Absolutely. Yeah, I would recommend this movie uh, because this podcast has really helped me to see all the different varieties uh, and the many flavors of action movies. Uh, I, I tend to look at action movies pretty like, yeah, let's get action adrenaline and let's just see some stuff blow up. Um, mm-hmm. But this movie uh, is not short on substance. It's more than just the you know, explosions and testosterone, like it has heart, it has story. And I, I honestly see why they would want to make more stories starring uh, Rambo and why Sylvester Stallone is so tightly connected to um, the stories. And because I think he, he's very compelled to uh, see who this character is in these different elements. 
Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's just it's it's very uh, impressive. It's everything I really wish that X-Men Origins Wolverine was like <laughs> literally if Hugh Jackman had just said, great, so we're going to do Rambo first blood, but with Wolverine like that would have been like the best thing ever i would have loved it because i think that's the uh i I just made me want more wolverine (laughs) more hugh jackman uh so yeah i'll say all those things for uh rambo first blood because though it is just the first blood the movie cuts deep that's great thanks especially if this had been the wolverine movie (laughs) um Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I like what you say about you understand why they would want to see this character in a bunch of different situations and live on. I think this is a great introduction to him, but I also would be completely on board with like a flashback movie of his origins, uh, which I haven't seen the other ones. Maybe they go into that more, but if they were to remake that, then I think doing kind of what they did with like the Rocky movie, bring in Milo Ventimiega to play like young Rambo. And I think he plays his son in the Rocky ones, but to like to bring him in and set it in, you could call it the Raven, uh, which I, is such a great name for him as his, as his, uh, like his war name, I guess. Um, because the Edgar Allan Poe poem, when the Raven's knocking at your door, it means death is here for you. And it's, uh, I think uh, that's what I remember from high school. Oh, but yeah, <laughs> if not, that's what it should be. So uh, I think that's such a great, yeah, that's that's why I recommend this movie. It has literary allusions. Man, who knew that Rambo was so poetic? So bookish. I love, so bookish. <laughs> love it. And that is our review of the 1982 movie, First Blood. Let us know if you've actually seen the First uh, Blood movie or uh, this Rambo movie. Let us know if you've seen it. I get tripped up on the title every time I say it. Uh, But let let us know uh, what you remember about First Blood on our social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. In all places, we are at Flashback Flicks. And it would help us a lot if you could give us a rating and review for like this podcast. We have over 19 reviews and we really appreciate every single one of them. We, we, we want so many droplets of reviews that we'll have enough for a, 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 an O positive review bag of reviews. Oh yeah. I was going to say, what are you going to do with a bag of blood? (laughs) Oh, I don't know. I, as podcasters, what do we do with a bag of blood? I, I guess donate it to a blood bank. Do they take just off the street donations? <laughs> Here you go. Here's some. Here's some. Had some lying around. Don't worry. Made it myself. <laughs> so if you, uh, so if you could rate this podcast on a scale of one to five uh, bloods, um, I would say one to five more deadly Home Alone wood traps. Um, really is yeah it's like stallone alone (laughs) home stallone whichever one's better oh man revive home alone (laughs) in the woods camping trip home alone camping trip Uh, crossover it's a it's it's a rambo origin story oh i love it uh yeah yeah, one to five figure it out thank you And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind.
Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. From the studio that brought you How to Train Your Dragon, Abominable is coming out next week. And after How to Train Your Dragon, they got some big shoes to fill. But you know what, Ricky? We're in luck. Because we got big feet. Or rather, big foot. With the 1987 family classic, Harry and the Hendersons. Oh, yeah. We're gonna go shopping at a Foot Locker. Or Payless, whichever is still open now. Uh, Circuit City, do they sell shoes? I've heard they do. I'd like to rent a size 10 from Blockbuster, please. <laughs> it's hard to own a business. It really is. 